Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. And today's podcast, I really wanted to sort of do a bit of a, an introduction into Forex trading because we've got, quite often we get people ring us up and um, the first words out of their mouth to my team and, and even to myself when I answer the phone at times, it's, can you teach me to trade FX or can you teach me CFDs or can you teach me options? And more recently, it's uh, we're getting a lot of calls about binary options and FX. And that's really what I want to handle this for is there's a couple of things you need to, to be considering before even getting into those markets. And we'll, um, and a lot of what we might talk about here might be contrarian in, in nature to what you may have already thought or already seen or heard about forex trading or binary options or options that sort of stuff as well because but don't worry it's really normal um, uh, because when it comes to teaching people to trade it really has to do with the context of the content being delivered and we're going to discuss this a little bit more as we go through this thing um, but I think what I mean by the context a little bit is that um, you don't know what you don't know and often people get excited about something because they've seen a web page and often um, I had a gentleman yesterday, oh no, sorry, Monday, um, he was saying, have you heard of X company? And I said, no. And he goes, oh, this guy's ringing me up. And uh, he actually, while I was with him or while he was with me, his mobile phone rang and this American voice came over and this gentleman had been ringing him from this broking house. Um, and so um, to get him to open an account and start trading with them and everything else. And I sat there and I listened to a little bit of the call and he, and he said to the person, look, you know, I'm in a meeting right now, I'll give you, can you call me later? So after he got off, he said, look, this is a broker, etc." And he said, do you know them? I said, no. Um, so I opened up my laptop and we went to their website, which he showed me on his mobile phone, but we looked on my laptop and I said, who are they? And he goes, I don't know. That's why I'm asking you. And I said, well, I've never heard of them. I said, do they have a license in Australia? He goes, I don't know. And I said, where's their office? And he goes, London or England and I said okay so I said they based in England or where are they based and he goes I don't know I said so they're asking you to send money overseas to open an account overseas he said yes and I said you don't know who you're dealing with do you and he goes no he said look at the website and they had all these not bright names on the website they had logos always great companies on their website like great banks etc and as I started looking at the website it pretty much became evident that this was not a website that you'd want to be involved with simply because it looked very professional, it looked very slick, but not once in I could find in the website after clicking on numerous links and looking at information pages, uh, which pretty much just went around in circles. I couldn't find anywhere they've said that they're licensed by any stock exchange anywhere in the world. They're not a London-based company. They say they're in London, but they're actually owned by a company based out of some strange company, a tax haven company a country, sorry. Um, and so I just said to him, look, I think you need to talk, tell this guy to um, stop ringing you and tell him that you're not interested and use you know, me as a third person and just saying, look, my advisor said not to, etc., etc." Um, Because the thing I said to him was that it 
just because you can send your money overseas doesn't mean you're going to be looked after especially by companies you don't know never heard of before and this is really strange and this is a common occurrence this type of convocation with us um, with people because they read how much money they can make and how how fx works and this company also had not only fx it was all about fx making a lot of money of fx easy they just tell you what to buy and work with you and help you make a lot of money well isn't that nice of them but they also have binary options and other things and i said to the gentleman i said so what happens if they don't do what they say they're doing on their web page he goes what do you mean i said well how are you going to get your money back he goes i don't know can't doesn't ASIC help me i said no and this is the point that people don't understand is if you're sending your money offshore to any company offshore ASIC has nothing to do with that they can't help you at all they they, they can't take action against any offshore company a com company at all um, so you're on your own doesn't matter whether it's a broker offshore they're not they're not regulated by ASIC they're not controlled by ASIC they're not licensed by ASIC um, and that's why you need to deal with companies that are under in Australia that have an office in Australia that are registered brokers within Australia but also make sure your money's in an Australian bank account and that's the other critical thing um, and he sent his money or not he didn't send his money his brother had sent some money offshore to this country of this broker um, and hence that's how he found out this on on this broking site and i said so hey how's your money how's your brother going to get his money back if he wants it all and he goes i don't know because the australian banking act and apra protects you in australia but if your money's in a bank overseas you've got no protection you've got no protection from asset you've got no protection from um, the Banking Act or the APRA, the Australian Potential Rights Association, you've got no protection in terms of consumer laws either, so the ACCC won't be able to help you. So be careful about who you deal with. And I just said to him, the really easy way to pick um, companies you shouldn't deal with are the ones that market the most. So when you start looking around, if there's lots of websites and there lots of ads popping up on these websites about FX, it's probably the ones to avoid. Um, and that's generally the, the filter that I put through here. So... Um, so be very careful when you're looking at FX. If you're trading FX, I would only ever deal with a company that has a office in Australia. And I mean, not a serviced office. Quite often some of them might say they might put a serviced office address on there, but they're not actually there. Um, so make sure they have an office with lots of staff in it in Australia. That they also are a registered futures broker in Australia under this under Australian Financial Services Licence with ASIC. And that they're trading on the Australian exchanges, on the Australian stock exchange or the futures exchange within Australia so that you can protect yourself. So make sure you're doing all those things and make sure your money's in an Australian bank account. If you do that, then that's the first step of it. And understanding that um, just part of that will stop a lot of people getting um, disappointed about what, um, what they're trying to achieve. The other part of it is obviously understanding what to do and, and what Forex is and I might even end up doing a, a few different podcasts on this subject for, to help a little bit people. But really, um, in context of what we're talking about, as I said, most of the stuff we're going to talk about is pretty much contrarian nature to what you may have heard and what most people heard about Forex trading, etc. Because to me, it's about being real with you. And, and um, I've always said to people, if you can't trade you know, BHP or a, a NAB or a Westpac, then why would you even think about trading Forex? And one of the big um, pushes or marketing pushes saying you know forex is the most liquid market in the world and i went that's fair enough it is too absolutely 100 percent true but it's the biggest market in the world because the biggest most professional most educated 
people are trading it. And I'm talking about the big, big, big institutions who trade billions of dollars and who pay people lots of money to make their money from Forex trading, from the currency market. So the question I have to a lot of people when they say, you know, I want to trade the Forex market and I ask them their experience and their knowledge and they say, oh, I don't really have much. I've not done a course of, you know, I heard I can make a lot of money out of it. And I, uh, my question is very blunt in saying, what makes you think that you can beat the best professionals in the world at their game? Because their job is to take your money, not to give you their money. And that's what they're paid to do. So how are you going to beat somebody who's highly skilled, professional, highly educated and has the weight of billions of dollars on behind them how are you going to try and beat them and it's it's almost a form of arrogance and it could you could argue it's a form of stupidity to think you could beat them you need to be knowledgeable to make consistent money out of the futures market same with options and cfds but as i said a lot of the stuff i'll talk about is a little bit contrary to um to what you might be thinking you also won't hear me talking too much about things such as intraday trading or scalping or high frequency trading because all that's pretty much nonsense what brokers do uh, futures especially futures brokers they they make money a lot of different ways but basically it's getting you to put money in an account and they know when you put money in a bank account with uh, them that 90% of the money you put in is going to be their revenue for the year. So that's how they look at it. And they make money from taking your money. They look at it from brokerage. So their whole goal is to get you to trade a lot so that they know 90% of people will lose. And in doing that, then they'll win and they'll collect a hell of a lot of money. So, you know, here at Wealth Within, we are, what we do is we teach solid techniques to people for the purpose of making money consistently over consistent time frames not just help you blow your account and that's why i'm not a broker and we don't get into that because we'd rather say okay let's be independent on this so those low low time frames such as intraday or daily and things like that they're more for people who want to gamble so we'll talk a little bit more about weekly charts and things that are profitable not only today but were profitable in the past and we continue to be um, profitable in the future so because trading on those low level time frames is um, it's not really high and it's not really high probability. Um, you need something that's a little bit more stable, uh, a little bit more um, consistent and allows you to profit consistently profitable. And it's a, no, it's a really well-known fact that trading less and focusing on quality trade setups leads to far better trading results. And um, I don't know about you, I'd rather trade less and make more than trade more than make less. I'll say that again, I'd rather trade less and make more money than trade more and make less money. And I've been teaching traders for nearly two decades and my, consistently I find the traders who trade less with better setups will trade less and they'll make far more money than those who trade more over shorter time frames. And, and I'm talking about one trader will make more than 10 or 15 of the other ones in terms of profits they actually make. So it really does lead to better trading results because most traders fail because they either take too much risk on at any one time or they actually trade too much. And one of the big sins in trading is trading too much. Um, or in in the worst case scenario, they do both. They trade too much and they take on too much risk. And that's why most futures traders, including FX traders, their life is measured in days and weeks, not years or months. Um, so what you will learn, uh, what you learn from us is really sort of more of a, I won't say a set and forget approach, but it's an active approach, but it's not a gambling type of approach. It's a very solid structured approach to actually making money from the marketplace. Cause you've got to prove to yourself you can make the money before you actually go and do it. 
uh, from all that. And what we teach will only take a few hours a week and, and give you a very profitable secondary income or even replace your income depending on how good you become. And so this trade less, make more approach is what I believe all traders should aspire to achieve. But just before I finish up, I just want to cover what Forex is or just give you a bit of an introduction into Forex and then I might take it somewhere else in my next podcast. So um, so before we get into that nitty gritty of a bit of Forex trading and understanding a little bit more, um, let's first sort of go back in time a little bit and just learn how the basics of the Forex market became what it is today. Um, and it will give you a perspective on what, what you are trading and when you take a position on a currency pair so currency trading really isn't new it's in some form it's we'll spend around in one in some form or another um or the exchange trading of currencies has been for thousands or been around for thousands of years an example um precious gold coins were traded in biblical times as i mean for purchasing clothing and food so it's been around then um prior to 1971 trading or speculating was not really permitted activity in foreign exchange um, and prior to 71 it was all linked to the gold um, to gold as we probably uh, you're probably aware of or forex um, or we call it a forex market so and the markets was due to the agreement called the Bretton Woods Accord the accord was set up post World War II in 1945 in an effort to stabilize international currencies and at the same time prevent move, money moving across different borders of, of the country so there's this Bretton Woods Accord fixed all global currencies against the US dollar and it was also backed by gold um, it was also agreed that each currency could only fluctuate within a range of one percent of the currency's pair or par sorry pair um, now the core issues were apparent with the Bretton Woods Accord um, and so by 1971, uh, the Nixon, the President of the United States, disued, discontinued the accord and also unlinked the US dollar from the gold standard. That was one of the worst things I think they could do because that set um, everything on a path for destruction in terms of it's also part of the reason why um, we've had the GFC and things like that. Um, now, this process leads to the overall currency market deregulation and open trade. And as we know, with the GFC, the, the Americans were just printing money hand over fist um, with no gold to back it, no real thing. So they can't pay. They don't have enough assets to back up the money that they've got. So that's an important thing here. So importantly, it really did open the door for speculation in currency. Uh, and that's why that the market grew so large. In the 1980s, with the large scale introduction of computers, um, you know, the turnover of currencies across you know, countries, um, really did explode with major financial institutions jumping on the bandwagon because they make a lot of money out of this speculation. And they began to turn, uh, trade in millions of dollars in currencies in just a single transaction. Uh, at the present day, institution uh, institutions credit currency trading is really their major, major, major driver. And as you see, you know, with, with um, banks, you know, trying to get money out of them, it's, you know, it, they have your money for two, three days sometimes before they'll give it to you. Uh, from a transaction because they're trading and making a lot of money on the currency market. So with the advent of online brokers, it's really even easier for individuals uh, to trade currencies. And this is one of the downfalls of being on the internet. It's too easy to turn your brain off and hit a key on a keyboard and lose thousands in seconds. And I see this so often. I mean, I was around with the tech rack, the GFC, the Asia crisis, all of those sorts of things. I was helping and teaching people through that. And, and I've constantly seen the same cycle over and over and over again. People turn their brain off when they're sitting in front of a computer because there's no accountability and they lose money. And um, I've had people 
I've heard of people committing suicide. I've had them losing millions of dollars, not telling their wives or husbands and trying to hide all that from the husbands and breaking up marriages. So it's a form of gambling. Um, so there are some important facts on the foreign exchange market. Foreign exchange markets trade 24 hours a day, six days a week. And the session begins in our region or the Asia Pacific region, as they call it, um, followed by the Middle Eastern region, then Europe and then America. So that's how it actually works. If you just let me just turn my page over uh, just a couple of seconds uh, more here the american and european trading sessions present the most volume obviously um, and volatility whilst the asian sessions tend to be a little bit more subdued and a little bit more normal because um, obviously where we open the market in asia so on average the foreign exchange market has a daily turnover a wait for it of some four trillion dollars that's four trillion dollars and that's more than 12 times the daily turnover of all global equity markets. So all the share markets in the world, this is 12 times the size of all the equity markets in the world put together. This makes it a very liquid market. And the US and UK currency market on their own account for over 50% of the daily turnover. So, so that's okay. So now you've got a really basic understanding of the history of Forex. Um, in my next sort of um, podcast, I'll talk a little bit more about forex and some of the things you need to do to really get started on forex but again i'll still keep prefacing this and you'll probably hear me say it over and over again if you don't know how to trade shares forex is definitely not a market you need to be in um, or cfds or options and ab absolutely not binary options because um, pretty much i don't think i've seen a what i would call a binary option that company that i would actually put my money into an account with and and have peace of mind knowing it was safe um, and that's the bottom line is whilst you can see a returns speculative speculative returns or you know the promise of great returns at the end of the day until money hits back into your australian bank account you have zip and we constantly have the same conversation with people over and over again different names same conversation of people putting money into overseas companies who are in syria or wherever they are and they when they try and get their money back uh, there's one i only heard yesterday the lady a lady had put 50 no hundred thousand dollars into an account with a binary options uh, company offshore she tried to get some money back and they said you can't take money out until you've made over fifty thousand dollars but it was her money why couldn't she get it out has she got any recourse absolutely not because she's it, they're working under the rules of their country um, and half the time you don't even know where they are because where they say they are they're not actually there and if you do find out where they are then you've got to take them to court in the laws in that country which means you're gonna have to hire foreign lawyers and all sorts of stuff to try and get your money back so long hard road so it's better off to stay in australia so hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast as i said um my next one i'll, I'll do a little bit more on the futures market to help you out and understand a little bit more but uh, you've been listening to talking wealth and i'm dale gillen the chief analyst here at wealth within take care good luck and good trading bye-bye thanks for listening to this week's podcast for more information products and services and detailed show notes with the transcript for this podcast head over to wealth within dot com dot au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation.